Percy, we know that cancer can create pain and distress to our bodies, but it's also true that many times it harms marriages as well. Sometimes couples simply struggle to cope with the challenges of cancer and make poor relationship decisions. And as a result, what can happen in relationships uh, creates a casualty of conflict, hmm. misunderstanding, and possibly separation. We really need to unpack this conversation. Yep. And we will today, and a guest will join us, a licensed marriage relationship therapist, author, and pastor about protecting your marriage from a cancer attack. Stay with us. The following program is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. The information discussed during this program is not medical advice. Be sure to talk to your medical doctor for information and advice relating to your health. And welcome to Health, Hope, and Inspiration with our host, Reverend Percy McRae, Director of Faith-Based Programs at Cancer Treatment Centers of America. I'm Wayne Shepherd. So marriages can be in trouble sometimes because of cancer. Well, what happens is that cancer can apply pressure onto many areas of our lives, and if they're not shored up and on solid foundation, that pressure can begin to reveal cracks, and then stress then provides scenarios of opportunity for devastation, and certainly that is true from a relationship perspective and certainly within marriages. Percy, I know you can help in this regard, and we'll talk to you about this today, and our guest will join us in a few moments here. But we also like to pose a question to our listeners. We like to encourage some listener involvement with this podcast. So the question we've chosen this week is, what what was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? Well, what we know is that certainly during a cancer journey, people are challenged and sometimes their faith is challenged. So we want to hear from you today in terms of what was your greatest challenge uh, during or in the midst of your cancer journey that may help others to understand and maybe even be prepared to work through their challenge when they are in the midst of and their cancer journey. Here's how you can answer that question. Go to our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, and there you can leave your answer to the question of the week. What was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey. And I'll repeat that question later in the program here today as well. Well, let's open with uh, God's Word, which always guides us so well. Well, our spiritual nugget, you know, we always lay a foundation. We never speak from uh, just out of an empty space. We create a foundation with God's Word. And so we're going to start today with Ephesians, the fifth chapter, as we're talking about relationships and marriages, uh, the 28th verse and the 29th verse. And it reads as follows. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body, but feeds and cares for it, just as Christ cared for the church. And this scripture is helping us to understand that love is not just uh, when it, when we feel like it, when it feels good, feelings come and go, but really we're obligated by the love of God that Christ has for the church. That's how we should love one another, uh, husbands and wives, within the, in the marital relationship concept and context so that we can stay committed even in the midst of the most difficult times in our relationships. That topic of feelings will come up later as you speak with our guest here on the program. We have a resource available to our listeners, How Cancer Impacts Relationships. We really want to help people with this. And again, the thrust of this document, again, is to give people some really clear uh, things to think about and be mindful of and hopefully to be able to proactively ward off uh, when stress is applied to our relationships. And we know that even in the day and age that we live in, marriages are under attack in, in general. And so, 
uh, when we have conflict and we have issues and stress and strain that may come uh, from certainly a life-threatening uh, disease or whatever, that we want to make sure that we guard and protect our marriages and certainly. our relationships. Indeed. All right. Well, if you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America, a comprehensive cancer care network. They treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America. Or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options by simply calling 866-712-HOPE. That's 866-712-4673. Cancer Treatment Centers of America uses state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. And you can learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Well, let's get to our guest today talking about how cancer affects marriages. Uh, during a recent National Religious Broadcasters Convention, Percy, you sat down with today's guest. I'm excited today to have with me Miles Weiss, who is a licensed marriage relationship therapist and also has his own ministry, House of Peace. And today we're going to talk about the dynamic of cancer and support as we often do, but we're going to talk about that within the context of supporting marriages and, and hear from a licensed therapist who's going to give us uh, his 27 years worth of a thought and perspective around the impact and some of the things that he has witnessed uh, in that context. Welcome to the show today, my friend. Thank you so much, Percy. I'm glad to be with you. Well, as stated in the introduction and as we do on this show, we try to have very uh, honest conversation. We talk about many th subjects that are relative to the cancer continuum and conversation. We talk about faith, we talk about healing, we talk about recovery, but we also talk about death, dying, challenges, and struggles because you cannot have a cancer conversation without understanding all of those dimensions that go into that. And every day is not on the mountaintop, even though there are those who use their faith and are experiencing the greatness of God, they go through difficult times. And one of the, the segments of this audience that struggle and have challenges are marriages and relationships. Let's talk a little bit about the work that you've done. Give a little quick background of some of the, you know, the areas that you have focused in, and then we're going to get into some specifics from there. My work has been wide-ranging. I've been licensed for a very long time and working for a long time with marriages, families, with parent-child relationships, and along the way have dealt with extremely serious issues of trauma, whether it's childhood trauma, illness, etc. And I have found that the, I would call it collateral damage. When someone is deathly sick, when someone is facing a life-challenging illness, the collateral damage includes their relationships around them. Years and years ago, there was a great book about caring for a sick or elderly uh, relatives called The 36-Hour Day. Hmm. And that really, to me, that title really describes the pressure that's on the family members and on the people that are around the ill person. So marriages suffer. So it's very important for me to be able to help people with their communication, with their ability to resolve conflict, and to be able to be there as a support for the person who's sick. Not to also not to forget the actual stages of grief that go along with the sickness itself. So with that being said, it sounds like that you have really covered this area and, and been in-depthly involved with those individuals. What would you say as we try to unpack a little bit some of the dynamics of uh, family struggles and issues and relationships, marriages, and uh, et cetera, with regard to, uh, let's just say, the effects of, of a cancer diagnosis and treatment? 
Give me maybe your top three areas. You, you already threw something out where, that gets compromised and it's communication. Let's talk about a couple of areas that we could focus on to help somebody listening today. Sure. I think uh, the person themselves and also the family members need to have permission to feel whatever it is they're feeling and to not make blanket statements or uh, closure based on those feelings. Feelings come and go, but it's important to acknowledge them, to be free to feel them, to not feel guilty about not staying on the mountaintop, about getting to about feeling the, the denial, the anger, the bargaining, the depression, the acceptance, all those things that go along with a life-threatening illness. So permission granted to feel what you're feeling and to not invest in it to the degree that you think it's a permanent condition because this too shall pass. And it's important, and I left this out in my introduction, you are a believer, you are a Christian, you have your own ministry uh, in context with uh, your practice as well. Again, a house of peace, and we'll talk a little bit about that later. So I want the, the audience to know that we're speaking from a, a faith perspective here today. I know that there's been a, a long debate and conversation, particularly within the world of Christendom, of when we talk about therapists and all that, to make sure that they have a faith perspective and a faith orientation and background. And so you bring that to this discussion and well, as well. And I highlight that only to say, that I'm not sure within the world of Christianity that we are conditioned or taught or encouraged uh, to, to grant permission to feel what you feel. I think that sometimes we are taught, hey, we're just supposed to have the faith of God in us and we're just supposed to rally. And, you know, depression, we couldn't use that term in, in evangelical Christian circles 10 years ago comfortably. Well, the good news is that I'm Jewish. And so as my pastor friend says, Miles, why pray when you can worry? <laughs> and really, if you look at the heroes of the faith, if you look at Elijah and what he went through in, in life-threatening depression, you look at David at the depths of crying out from the pit, Absolutely. if you look at the, the history of my people and our people yeah. by faith, that uh, it includes these mountaintops and valleys. And we need to acknowledge that. And I agree with you. I think that there's been a uh, and I believe in speaking faith. I believe in prophesying the future and making it be, you know, positive and looking to that. I really do. But I also know that uh, denial is a dangerous thing, and we need to be able to be real. And God's not nervous about our low points. He is not nervous about uh, the things we go through. So we need to have permission to feel those, knowing that He wants to come alongside and help us. And... Uh, lift us out of that into the next phase, but we can't do it by denial. We have to be real. And so permission granted. I love that. So communication. What's another area that uh, individuals and particularly maybe believers are struggling with in quote-unquote life-threatening illnesses in their relationships? Communication is obviously one thing. What's, uh, what's some other areas that you've experienced? I'm thinking about a specific uh, person who was I actually had in counseling and she was dying of cancer. And the most important thing for her was getting closure on some of the issues from childhood, mm. some of the unfinished business with, with violation, with trauma, that she really needed to understand in terms of her relationship to God and, and, the, and the, the gap that she felt because of those things. And so bringing people into an understanding of having a perspective on their own pain and their own past is really important so that they have some closure and they feel confident to move forward into the next phase, whether it's healing here or healing in heaven. Right, right. So communication, yes. closure. Yes. Do we have another C in there that we can throw on the table? Or are we going to do a different alphabet? <laughs> uh, oh, you got me here. Now, no, that's a challenge for me. I like that. Uh, communication. My wife says closeness, by which she means closeness to God. Like allowing the relationship to God to grow from the base of reality, mm. not denying, 
the basis of reality of getting closure on actual pain and then trusting that whether I'm here or there, it's about a growing intimacy with the Lord and that that's important. So the spiritual aspect is very important. My wife, of course, brings that up because she's more spiritual than me. Okay. And so she brings up the idea that close, a growing closeness to the Lord. And I've actually seen people do that. I've seen them actually be dying of cancer and, and have a, a kind of peace that passes understanding, just as Jesus spoke about. There's a shalom, a wholeness that they can come to that, that, that where they, they, they experience healing, whether, it's, whether I'm healed here or healed right. there, right. I'm healed because of my closeness to God. And that to me is a miracle. It's, it's very uh, disarming because it's so far beyond my own experience. As a bedside chaplain, I have seen so often there is a difference between dying with dignity and in the peace of God versus the opposite of that. There is nothing more painful, uh, more difficult to watch is someone who has no sense of context of their relationship with the, with the triune God, where they're going after this transition, and then to literally fight and claw through the process of death and mentally, emotionally, and obviously in some cases physically agonize through that and try to help people process through that, uh, you are so on point with regard to that last point. Having said that, um, let's talk about some of the things that you're doing in your ministry with House of Peace. Let's talk about kind of the scope and the, the mission of that and what are some of the things that you're doing with your clinical background and experience and obviously your faith orientation. Obviously, you're here to worship and serve God. I'd like to hear a little bit about that. So I, I'm a Jewish believer in Jesus. My wife is a Gentile. So we have this mixed marriage okay. of uh, Jew and Gentile, which is we see in Ephesians chapter 2, that God has broken down the middle wall of partition between Jew and Gentile. Yeah. So that's been the background noise for all of our uh, work with, with marriages, with families. And then God extended that to doing seminars. We've done marriage seminars from Hawaii to Siberia. Wow. And in addition to that, we started to have a, a passion for the, the Arabs and the Jews in Israel for reconciliation. Ooh. And so we've been working behind the scenes with the believers in Israel. We take tours to Israel. We bring pastors and leaders there okay. so they can understand the roots of their faith. And we preach the gospel to my Jewish people. So the idea is that we are uh, about reconciliation and restoration on every hand, whether it's personal to God, marriages, families, nations, uh, we all want to see, we just want to see the love of God spread abroad. So in that, that's kind of the scope of what we do. I have a private practice that I've run for 27 years. We go back and forth out of Israel. We do seminars all around. Okay. And um, for six years, we did television. We were on. We co-hosted a program called Zola Levitt Presents, okay. which was a, a, one of the original Messianic TV programs. Yeah. So we would film in Israel, do post-production in Dallas, and live in California. Okay. So we were on the circuit. Yeah. And so we try to stay busy. I lost a lot of years between my bar mitzvah and my salvation. <laughs> so I've been on a fast track, really trying to catch up and, and, uh, and uh, to the best of my ability, honor God. And of course, I had the, the privilege of actually going to Israel uh, two years ago and to visit the Holy Land, and, and it was truly life-changing uh, in that regard. And I learned a lot of things, and, and though this, this particular interview is not really necessarily about this question that I'm going to ask, but I'm going to ask anyway because I have the opportunity to do so, how have you been able to manage or reconcile the dynamic of being again, and help me with the language here, a Messianic Jewish believer, that in so many cases that is such a cultural struggle and dynamic when you go back 
to your land and nation of, of, of origin and, and reconciling that. How have you been able to manage that? Uh, just as you said, it's a struggle and it's a difficulty, but it's, there's a real blessing. You know, uh, there are more Jewish people coming to faith in Jesus now than any time since the Book of Acts. Interesting. Yeah, and the, the small community in Israel has grown exponentially of believers, and around the world we've grown as well. There's, I believe it's in preparation for the return of the Lord yeah. because he's coming back, as Zechariah promised, he's coming back to the Mount of Olives, and so he's coming back to a Jewish Jerusalem. So my people need to get ready to say, Baruch haba b'shem Adonai, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Mm. And so we're all this is preparation. So culturally, I don't worry about it. I was raised in a kosher home, Hebrew school three days a week. I was bar mitzvahed. All of the, so the cultural and traditional trappings are there, but I didn't have the peace that I needed from a direct relationship with the Lord. So our work is to put Yeshua, Jesus first, and family second, in a sense. You know, he said, if you don't love me, yeah. you know, and I come to bring a sword, etc. And that really is about, uh, I, I love my people, but I love God first, and okay. I love Jesus first. Okay. I do want to tell you that a lot of this material and a lot of what we're talking about today is in our new book. Please. It's called When Heaven Hits Home. And the subtitle is Ancient Wisdom for Today's Couples. So we've incorporated a lot of the Hebraic and Christian understanding of healing and wholeness for families and marriages into this book. And it also, of course, has my 27 years as a therapist in there as well. So it's funny. It's easy to read. It's light. People can get it now. It's actually ready now at whenheavenhitshome.net. So I'll, and we'll put that in our show notes when we publish your show and people can access that. Uh, with that being said, tell the people how they can get in contact with you if they want to reach you from a, a therapist perspective, if they want to reach out to you from a ministry perspective, if they want to reach out directly to you with regard to getting some of your material that you've just mentioned. Okay. So my private practice is milesweissmft.com, M-Y-L-E-S-W-E-I-S-S-M-F-T.com. Our ministry is Miles and Catherine House of Peace, but the easiest way to get there is M-K-Hop, like I hopped. Right? MKHOP, MKHOP.org. That will bring them to our website. The name of this show is Health, Hope, and Inspiration. What is one thing that now continually and perpetually gives you hope, Miles? I would say it's a phrase that I recently picked up that is life is short, eternity is real, people matter most. That makes, that motivates me to do all the things that we do right now. And my hope is in the salvation of the Lord Yeshua. You have just heard today from Miles Weiss, and he is a marriage and family relationship therapist, and you can reach out to him, and we have been blessed today to have you on our show. Thank you so much for all that you bring to the table. Thank you for your cultural orientation. Thank you for your, uh, your biblical reference, and thank you for really helping people work through the dynamics of building and having strong families and relationships today. We bless you and your darling wife who is sitting on the side, smiling and cheering you on, and we are grateful today. God bless you, my friend. Keep chopping the wood. Percy, I'm honored to be with you today. Thank you for what you're doing. Well, thanks to both of these men. That was recorded at a recent National Religious Broadcasters Convention, and Percy and I will talk about what we've learned from Miles here in just a moment. You know, according to the American Cancer Society, nearly one out of three people in the U.S. will receive a cancer diagnosis during their lifetime. And caring for people living with cancer is a growing need in every church today. 
To address this issue, we developed the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network to equip and empower every Christian leader to better meet this great need. If you are a pastor or a leader in your church or congregation, we want to invite you to join our growing family of informed ministry leaders in the Our Journey of Hope Ministry Leaders Network. Joining the network is absolutely free. When you sign up, you'll receive online access to exclusive leaders' resources, there's information about ministry training opportunities, and our informative monthly email newsletter. So visit our website, healthhopeandinspiration.com, click on the Our Journey of Hope logo at the top of the page, and join the Ministry Leaders Network today. Percy, I had the idea that you really enjoyed that conversation with Miles a moment ago. Well, I had not had the opportunity of their acquaintance or his acquaintance prior to that discussion, and I found him to be just absolutely delightful. And of course, I'm always interested in any type of cross-cultural engagement as we uh, understood and as he shared the fact that he, you know, he's Jewish and then he's also now a Messianic believer and kind of shared some of the, the cultural dynamics of, uh, of, of coming across uh, that line from a, a theological perspective into Christianity, but then talking about some of the great uh, wisdom of, of Judaism and, and principles that he utilizes in his ministry and in his practice. Uh, he was just a fantastic individual to talk yeah, to. And since we're talking today about cancer and how it impacts marriages, let's go back and talk about some of the points he made, very excellent points. Uh, the, the three C's, I think there were? Yeah, he, he framed the three C's under the, the umbrella of stating that uh, there can be collateral damage due to the pressure or the rigors of of any type of uh, catastrophic experience and certainly dealing with the potential of life-threatening sickness and disease. He said that there could be uh, potential collateral damage and fallout. And underneath that, he listed the three C's. Number one, starting with communication, that one of the, the things that can be damaged, that can be uh uh, you know, injured in that pressure and under those pressures is the fact that people need to grant each other permission to feel what they feel. Yeah, very important. It is important because, interestingly enough, cancer patients are struggling and dealing with all sorts of things, but so are their spouses and their caregivers, and both parties need to be granted permission to express and be truthful and honest about their feelings because if, if they're not allowed to do that, then they get into a state of denial, and then that can be repressed, and then that can create all kind of other sub- uh, issues that may happen where uh, people are not being forthright, uh, lying and, and, and deceiving the other, and then all sorts of other bad behaviors. Nothing good comes from that. Nothing good can come from that experience. So, uh, so un, allowing someone to unpack their feelings and their emotions in a genuine and authentic way is very helpful and very needful. So communication. And then the second C that he mentioned was the word closure, that uh, – uh, being able to have perspective and allowing people perspective of dealing with hurts, uh, past transgressions, things that may have taken place in their life. And it's it's really akin to the first C, because in many cases, what we do with our uh, issues that we and the experiences and things that have taken place with us, we just kind of cover that over. We'll bury it, but we never really addressed it. Mm -hmm. We never really looked at it. And so therefore, there really was not any real closure. One of the key principles of chaplaincy at the bedside care of end of life uh, uh, ministry is providing for the patient and the caregiver 
closure, allowing them to talk about or say things, ask for forgiveness, be willing to provide forgiveness. We need to provide and create an environment in our relationships where both parties can have closure, whether there are things that have happened between the two of them or scenarios beyond them that may be impacting their behavior in their relationship. Right. And so that's an important dynamic. So communication, closure, and then closeness. And then closeness. At the end of the day, and the way that Dr. Wise described this, basically uh, allowing and creating an environment and an atmosphere and providing a path for people to reconnect back to who they are to God. And again, typically, this really happens and comes under the uh, auspice of of forgiveness. Forgiveness is key to really all of our relational dynamics and relationship issues. But again, in order to be close, that means, or the opposite of closeness is, is apart, being far. And there's something that is separating us. We know that the first uh, mortal uh, separation that took place between God and his creation was in the Garden of Eden in the third chapter of Genesis. When Adam sinned, he was separated from the love of God or from the relationship of God. Mm-hmm. He wasn't close to God. He wasn't walking in fellowship with God. I heard an old preacher use the word fellowship. He said, you know what the, the definition of fellowship is? All fellows in the same ship. <laughs> you know, being together, being uh, connected one to another. And that certainly can happen to relationships and marriages where we lose our closeness one to to another and individuals can lose their closeness with God. So at the end of the day, providing a pathway and a return for people to have closeness because it creates, uh, as he said, shalom or peace. When you are close to something and someone you love, you feel a sense of peace. Mm -hmm. And so when we put those three uh, together, communication, closure, and closeness, these can be huge areas that can help maintain and actually strengthen relationships in the midst of specifically with a cancer journey. And I've talked to many cancer uh, patients and their families who have said cancer actually brought us closer to each other. It made our union stronger. I've seen that too, yes. Because of the three C's that were employed and practiced and executed. Yeah. But it probably goes without saying, if your marriage is weak going into a cancer diagnosis, it's not likely to survive, is it? Well, it you know, it, it certainly is not uh, prepared for the rigors of what can happen and come mentally and emotionally with uh, a cancer diagnosis. And I have certainly, and unfortunately, uh, as much as I regret to report, I have seen that happen with relationships just literally fell apart, Wayne. you got to work at it. You do. The, they, they drifted apart or one basically said, listen, I didn't sign up for this. This is not, uh, I wasn't built for this or what have you. Or in relationships that the blame game takes place where people start blaming each other. You know, you've caused all this stress in my life or all of this anxiety and et cetera, et cetera. So where there are potential weaknesses in a marriage and a relationship, they certainly can and most likely can't will be exposed under the pressures of of a difficult uh, scenario and cancer and a journey of cancer can certainly do that. Yeah. Well, uh, thanks for bringing Miles to us today. And thanks for all the guests that you bring to the program each week. It's very encouraging, very instructional. Uh, very helpful and very hopeful. Yeah, well, we're, we're blessed uh, to be able to continue to really meet the quality of people uh, from a professional perfect perspective, secular and sacred, that really bring great context to the cancer continuum and the conversation of cancer. 
But just listening to the podcast is one thing. We want you to go beyond that. We want you to download the resources that we offer Mm -hmm. because these resources are very often put together by you personally, Percy, and other members of the staff. This one is called How Cancer Impacts Relationships. Of course, it goes hand in hand with our topic today. Absolutely. And again, just piggybacking back off of the, the previous points that we made, you know, communication, closeness, closure, all of those are elements and aspects of, again, what this resource uh, will attempt to address and hopefully provide as a as a means and a mechanism for people to be strengthened and empowered. And another thing you can do is you can subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. You're not just, hey, it's been a while since I listened. I should go listen to that. It comes to you automatically when you subscribe. Yeah, hear ye, hear ye. We are looking for subscribers. Please subscribe to the show as we continue to build this audience, but not just for the sake of, of, of generating numbers. We just want to simply reach more people with Absolutely. the good news yes. of what health, hope, and inspiration is and does and continually provides uh, good insights from real people, everyday people just like you listening uh, that potentially will aid and assist you and others that you may know uh, in the battle and journey of cancer. So please subscribe. We look forward to having you become part of the HHI family. And don't forget, we have a question of the week that we're posing to you. I'll repeat it here in just a moment. But with locations in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa, Cancer Treatment Centers of America is a comprehensive cancer care network that takes an integrative approach to cancer care. They use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored for each patient's specific needs. Visit our website at healthhopeandinspiration.com. Click on Sponsor to learn more about Cancer Treatment Centers of America or contact one of their friendly oncology information specialists. The phone number 866-712-HOPE, 866-712-H-O-P-E. Well, let's go back to that question we're asking our listeners to respond to. Percy, you have it in front of you there? And we are looking for your feedback to send us your answer to healthhopeandinspiration.com. And the question of the day is, what was the greatest challenge, the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey. We want to hear from you and we want to share that information so that others on the show or who are listening to the show may also benefit from what you have learned and what you went through. So again, the question of the day, what was the greatest challenge to your faith during your cancer journey? And then one more thing, let's return to the scripture as we wrap up our conversation today. Well, again, we started with this and we'll close strong here. Ephesians 5, uh, verses 28 through 29. In the same way, husbands ought to love their wives. And for the sake of the broader context and wives love their husbands, husbands ought to love their wives as they love their own bodies. For a man who loves his wife actually shows love for himself. No one hates his own body but feeds and cares for it just as Christ cares for the church. And the context and the broader context of this scripture is basically talking about we need to love one another in our marital relationships the way Christ loved the church and gave his life for it. And so at the end of the day, when we work through and continue to understand that we need to have good communication and grant each other permission to feel the way that we feel, allow one another to have closure to perspective of hurts from our past and closeness uh, that will create a peace one to another and one to God, we have a great opportunity to have and maintain 
good, strong, solid relationships that can stand the test of time. Thank you for choosing such a helpful topic today, Percy. You're welcome, my friend. And we'll see all of our friends next time on this podcast, Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Until then. Until then, we got to keep doing some work. Let's keep chopping the wood, my friend. That's Percy McRae. I'm Wayne Shepherd. Thanks for listening to Health, Hope, and Inspiration. Hope and Inspiration is produced and sponsored by Cancer Treatment Centers of America. If you or someone you love is fighting cancer, consider Cancer Treatment Centers of America. We treat the whole person, body, mind, and spirit. Our hospitals in Atlanta, Chicago, Philadelphia, Phoenix, and Tulsa take an integrative approach to cancer care. We use conventional medical treatments to attack the disease while helping patients manage side effects and maintain their quality of life by using evidence-informed therapies like nutrition and naturopathic support, along with pastoral care, pain management, and other supportive care services. Treatments are tailored to each patient's specific needs. Visit healthhopeandinspiration.com to view our cancer-related resources or to contact our oncology information specialists about questions you may have about your treatment options. Working together under one roof, our cancer experts use state-of-the-art technologies to deliver precision medicine, personalized care, and spiritual support. Learn more at healthhopeandinspiration.com.